This episode is brought to you by Aircraft Accessories of Oklahoma. When it's time for an aircraft component inspection, overhaul, repair, or replacement, you need experienced technicians you can trust and friendly service you can count on. Aircraft Accessories of Oklahoma, a family-owned business since 1959, delivers just that. Our techs have real-world experience and provide sales, service, and overhaul for piston engine aircraft accessories. We also have limited turbine capabilities such as fuel pumps, starter generators, and prop governors. And we can overhaul propellers ranging from fixed pitch to turbine. Propeller pickup and delivery service is available. And one more thing, mention this podcast to receive 5% off your next sale, service, or overhaul. Visit aircraftaccessoriesofok.com. This episode is brought to you by Genesis Aerosystems, a Moog company and leading provider of autopilots for rotor and fixed-wing aircraft. The Genesis STEC 3100 Digital Autopilot provides increased safety, decreased pilot workload, and is approved for over 200 makes and models. To learn more about the STEC 3100, visit genesis-aerosystems.com. That's genesis-aerosystems.com. AOPA presents Never Again, true pilot stories from the world of general aviation. In this episode, a bush pilot calculates how much fuel is remaining instead of looking in the tanks. Find out what happened in Run Dry by Steve Ells. In April 1983, I was working in Rockport, Texas when I received a job offer to work as the director of maintenance for a Douglas DC-3 operator in Saldotna, Alaska. I accepted. I had a few dollars in my pocket, and I owned a 1947 Piper PA-12 supercruiser. I had a month before work started, so I decided to load up a box of tools, some clothes, and survival gear, and fly my supercruiser to Alaska. I bought November 3155 Mike in December 1981. It was a three-place airplane with a stick, tailwheel, heel brakes, and no flaps. Fabric covered, it was powered by a 108-horsepower Lycoming 0235. A Narco MK-12 Navcon was it, as far as avionics. I was instrument rated and held a commercial pilot certificate, but my hours were in spam cans, So I flew around in the winds of Texas until I knew how to slip and how to deal with crosswinds and how to keep the tail behind the nose on the ground. I had logged 82.3 hours in 55 Mike when I set out for Alaska. The PA-12 can tank up to 38 gallons of fuel, a huge load for an engine that uses 6 gallons an hour in cruise. Although I had installed a simple exhaust gas temperature gauge, I leaned by pulling the mixture back until the engine got rough and then pushing it forward until the engine got smooth. This consistently yielded a fuel burn of 5.8 gallons an hour. Even with a one-hour fuel reserve, I figured I had enough fuel for five and a half hours of flying. On June the 1st, I touched down at the Soldatna Airport. Total flight time en route was 50 hours. Average fuel consumption, 5.8 gallons per hour. 49 days later, I ran that supercruiser out of gas and set it down in swampy grass of the Kenai National Wildlife Refuge. I was flying from Girdwood back to Saldotna. 
Before I took off, I totaled up the hours flown since my last fill-up, 4.6, and multiplied that by 5.8. I got approximately 26 gallons. I told myself there was enough remaining to make the 63-mile trip. Just after I crossed into the refuge, the engine quit. Switching tanks didn't help. I was at 3,500 feet, so I had time to contact Anchorage Approach and give them cross bearings off the Anchorage and Kenai VORs. Off the left wing was what looked like a grassy meadow. I slowed and aligned and gently touched down. I was congratulating myself until the mains sank into watery grasses and stopped. I felt 55 Mike gently somersault over the mains and go over onto its back. It was very quiet. I collected my thoughts, braced myself, released the seatbelt, and opened the door and stepped out into the watery muskeg. I took the battery out and turned it right side up as I said to myself, how could I be so stupid? Within minutes, the fish and game helicopter picked me up and took me into Soldotna. Later, I fielded a call from Jim Michelangelo of the NTSB. He asked if I had suffered from fuel exhaustion. That's a nice way of putting it, I replied. He chuckled and told me it was classified as an incident. I later realized that I had neglected to factor in the higher fuel consumption during the six takeoffs I had made on that fuel load. Dumb and costly. A few days later, I was flown back to a nearby lake. A friend and I hiked to the airplane and in a couple of days had it back on its feet. I then went to Anchorage where I hired a helicopter to pick it up and deliver it to the Anchorage ramp. The helo pilot gave me $1 and said, You have to agree to take $1 for your airplane. I don't think there will be any problem, but if things get dicey and I have to drop it, it's your loss. I agreed. The lift was successful. I brought my airplane back, and soon it was flying again. I sold 55 Mike. It's still in Alaska. I left in 1992, and I've logged more than a 1,000 hours since that day in 1983. From that day to this, I make it a point to always know how much fuel is in my tanks. The Never Again Podcast is brought to you monthly by AOPA, the Aircraft Owners and Pilots Association. You can find more Never Again stories online at aopa.org by typing Never Again into the search box. While you're there, check out AOPA's mobile flight planning app, AOPA Go, as well as the many free training and safety courses from the Air Safety Institute. Find all of this and more at aopa.org. The Never Again podcast is produced by Royce Earl. Thanks for listening. Fly safely. Fly safely.